Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Got a big show today because we're going to be talking about The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, which is currently airing on Peacock. The first three episodes are out now, and if you haven't watched it, you need to go do it immediately. Stop this podcast, go get the cock, watch the first three episodes, and come back to us. Because to me, this is the greatest show of the year, of the decade, of the century. This is the thing I've been waiting for for months and months and months. It's finally upon us. And my expectations were high, and the show, the first three episodes, blew away my expectations. I think it's so good, so insane. The most unhinged cast of characters I've ever seen assembled on Bravo, on Peacock, on an NBC Universal owned station. Nay, on the entirety of cable, this is the most unhinged cast I've ever seen. Now, get this. It's Brandy and Taylor Armstrong from Beverly Hills Housewives, Vicky and Tamara from Orange County, Phaedra and Eva from Atlanta, and Dorinda and Jill from New York. They're all staying at Bluestone Manor for seven, eight days, six days. I'm not sure how long it is, but they're staying there for a little while. And uh, there's fights out the wazoo. So much is going on. And I said this on Twitter. I think it's sort of a love it or hate it kind of thing. Like, I think it's the greatest show on earth, but I can understand how it might not be for everyone. However, I want to encourage you all. We need the escape right now. You know, it sort of feels like we're living in a life alert commercial metaphorically and emotionally. I've fallen and I can't get up. So I think I think we need the escape. So I'm going to try to make us laugh. But also, if you need some escape, it's always good to go back and watch the girls, whether you're watching Ultimate Girls Trip or even old season of the girls. I think it's important to watch old season of New York Housewives, Atlanta. Which, speaking of Atlanta, we're also going to be covering the Real House of Atlanta episode this week. So you can skip ahead to the portion where I talk about the Atlanta, uh, where I do the Atlanta recap on the podcast. But right now, we got to get into the Ultimate Girls Trip because we just, I have to talk about it. I have to talk about it. I know not everyone gets the Peacock streaming network service, whatever. But I, there's too much going on on that that I just can't let us go. And I didn't even take notes, but I do have a lot of thoughts. So first and foremost, I want to play a clip from the, uh, I believe it was the second episode of Ultimate Girls Trip. And it's a fight between Dorinda and Vicky. Now, this is some real world stuff that's seeping into our Bravo universe because they're fighting over the vaccine. Now, I don't always love when some of the real world stuff comes into these shows. However, this was to me... <laughs> The one of the greatest thing that's ever happened on television. So just let's take a listen and then we'll talk about it. You're saying bullshit. It's on the internet. Oh, the internet. The internet says a unicorn showing up. Stop with your bullshit. So when the unicorn showed up, we're going to show that a vaccination killed someone. Don't do that in my house. I am not going to bring a unicorn in or whatever the hell she's talking about. <laughs> this whole unicorn fight. Now, again, they're talking about something very serious, but... The fact that they're 
talking about this unicorn and Dorinda is just like, oh, the unicorn's showing up in the internet. It was making me laugh, like tears streaming out of my eyes. And this whole thing, there's just fights every second, every second somebody's fighting. And I can only imagine the stuff that's on the cutting room floor because it was like, how do they even know what to focus on? Because at any given moment, there's like three of them fighting about something. And so how do you even know where to pick up the microphone? Because I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot when these women film, they're mic'd up. And so you're picking up a lot of different audio. And then in post-production, they have to decide sort of like where to zoom in the camera and where to pick up the audio. Do you remember that fight that happened uh, on The Real Houses in New York where it was like Carol and Bethany were fighting at one end of the table? And then at the other end of the table, it was Countess Luann and Dorinda saying uh, – that was the moment where – uh, Luann was like, she's starting, she's starting. And so you have two fights happening. And then in the middle of the table, there was like a kiss between Sonia and Tinsley. And I remember thinking it was so beautifully edited because how do you know where to go with the story? Because there's so much incredible work happening amongst the table. And that's how I feel like every second of Ultimate Girls Trip is because at any given moment, you can focus on any of these women. And they're all stars in their own way, yet they're all ex-wives. They're no longer on their franchises. And I want most of them back on their franchises. Not all. I will say that I went into watching the show thinking I wanted Vicky back, and I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. It's just my truth. I'm here to tell my truth. And then I was watching this, uh, these first three episodes, and she's such a, a Debbie Downer, and she's just so – I know she just went through this breakup with Steve Lodge – and it happened a day before she went on this trip, but she still was just sucking the energy out of the room. She was sucking the energy out of Tamara. I felt like Tamara was sort of like a lost soul amongst these other women because she was trying to be there for Vicky, her friend in real life. But then Vicky was being such a Debbie Downer, and she was just, again, sucking some of the energy. I don't mind the arguments or anything. However, when you're sucking the energy out of the room, it's like every time we cut to Vicky, it just felt like that, you know, that depression commercial with that ball that's just a sad ball. And he's like plopping around. <laughs> what is that ball? You know what I'm talking about, right? And it's just like that sad ball human thing. And that's how I felt like it was with Vicky every time. And again, I'm sympathetic for what she's going through. But it was just like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't want you back. But I'd say by and large, I want almost every other one back on their franchise. Put them back on. Brandy Glanville, completely uh, chaotic. So much chaos. I mean, that woman can't help but be chaos. And I love when she went into the first episode. She's like, I've changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nothing changed. It was like, oh yeah, we're back with Brandy, like, and this is who she is. And and that's fine with me. She spices up the reality TV. And I actually, I sort of feel like Brandy was, this is not going to be a popular opinion. You guys are going to yell at me. I don't love the way that Brandy handled all that Denise stuff when she was on The Real House of Beverly Hills. Remember, she came on and said, we, if we fucked, I fucked Denise. And then it was like, she kept going. But what I will say is, I don't think Brandy was treated great by let's say Bravo or the network, because she really was the storyline for all those women for a whole season when she was saying she fucked Denise. Now, whether or not she fucked Denise, let's take that part out of the equation. Again, I don't like how they all handled that. And I actually think the other women were worse about it because the other women were the ones who kept confronting Denise about it. You know, Brandy did come on and drop this bombshell. Again, she shouldn't have outed the situation. I'm not excusing any of that by any means. However, the other women were the ones who, like, Denise kept saying, like, okay, enough, let's stop talking about it. And the other women were the ones who kept bringing it up every fucking dinner and everything. But what I will say is, like, they used Brandy for the entire season storyline, and she probably didn't get paid that much. I'm assuming she got paid not even a friend of contract, because she wasn't an official, what they call an official friend of. So usually have the main cast members, and then they have the friend of. I think Brandy got, like, an appearance fee. And then they used her for the whole season storyline and then just discarded her. And it's like, that was all about her life. And then, I mean, I'm only laughing because it's like, I, they kind of treated her shitty in that way. Uh, again, not excusing all the things that Brandy's done. I'm just saying, like, it was kind of shitty. But they put her on Ultimate Girls Trip and she's just, she's drink, she can't help herself. She's drinking, she's getting in arguments, she's telling everyone to shut the fuck up. That she can't help her, but say shut the fuck up to everyone who's in her, in her way. She's like, shut the fuck up. Fuck you. <laughs> She can't help herself, and I loved it. I loved it. Meanwhile, uh, Phaedra and Eva, who are from the Real House of Atlanta, never been lighter or breezier. They're just there to have a good time. And I know Phaedra, the last we saw her on the Real House of Atlanta, it wasn't great. 
It wasn't great. And I believe she's popping up this week on The Real House of Dubai, and I think that they're going to try to get her to join the Dubai cast. This is my prediction. Okay, this is, if I was the coffee reader, this would be my prediction. I would say that she's appearing on Dubai Housewives this week. I would guarantee they try to get her over there for season two, because I know the network does like Phaedra, despite the fact that she had all this stuff with Candy where she was accusing her of drugging and raping. Uh, so you would think they maybe wouldn't want to work with her, but she's popping up on Dubai Housewives, and I think that they're going to try to get her for season two, because I, I think they'll need something, they'll need some big thing to people for season two. So that's my prediction. I could be totally wrong. But she's so funny on The Real House's Ultimate Girls Trip. Every confessional, there was one moment where she was sitting down and Dorinda and Vicky were fighting about the vaccine. And Phaedra was sitting there like, oh, I thought everyone had to be vaccinated to be here. And then they show a montage of Vicky just like coughing and sneezing around Phaedra. Oh, oh my God, it was so good. It's on the internet. Oh, the internet! The internet says a unicorn showing up. <laughs> I had to play that again. And Dorinda, when she gets drunk like that, I mean, like, I, I just think it's so funny. And yes, it's, she goes from zero to hundred. And I think that's what I like about her. I always said Dorinda's rage was ahead of its time when she was on the New York Housewives because she's just seemingly filled with some rage and it comes out and, you know, God bless. And it came out on Vicky and I was happy that it came out on Vicky because it was fun to watch. It's not always fun to watch. I get that. Uh, however, when she's saying these things that like, they actually are very sort of wise things that, uh, they come out, the deliveries, maybe not so wise, but when she's saying these things like, oh, the internet said that, oh, well, the internet also says a unicorn's coming. It's like, that's a very smart, quick-witted, <laughs> that's like a quick comment to make, but it comes out in the delivery like, there's a unicorn coming out at you. <laughs> and it, so it comes out in this drunk delivery, and to me, it's like the perfect combination of like, oh, yeah, that's a very wise that's a very smart comment to make after somebody's saying these things about the vaccine. And yet it comes out in the delivery and I just love it. I love it. Now we also have, I mentioned Eva and she is so good on this. And I don't know if she just, I don't know what it was when she was on the Atlanta Housewives. I didn't feel like she quite fit in with the group. I don't know what it was, but here she comes on on the ultimate girls trip and I've never loved somebody more. I just, she wants to get high. She wants to have a good time. Uh, she said she worshipped Vicky, and then Vicky didn't even know who the fuck she was. Uh, and then she has this beautiful moment with Taylor Armstrong where they talk about their relationships in the past, and they cry together, and I was crying along with them. I mean, I had the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. No. I mean, it's beautiful. And then they had this moment where Jill shows up in episode two because she's going to be the first one, and they recreate, they go through hoops to recreate Jill showing up on Scary Island. Remember when she showed up and she said, hi. Well, she does it again. And they make all the gals get manicures and pedicures so that they can completely recreate that moment. And it was so much, and I loved it. I loved it. And the fact that the other women just didn't even know who she was. Like, half of them were like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and it was Jill Starrett, one of the uh, one of the OGs of this whole entire franchise. I mean, New York, were they the second franchise or the third? I'm not sure. But you would think that they would know Jill Starrett. And even, like, I felt like Dorinda, who run the house. She was like, who the fuck is that? Like she knew that she was coming. She was the one who set up this manicure pedicure. And then Jill shows up in the surprise team Jill shirt, which is a callback to her season one reunion look where she wore a bedazzled top that said team Jill. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, it's just perfect TV. How could you not love this TV? So they were trying to have this big moment recreating the scary Island and then none of it landed. It all just went to flat ears and I loved it. It was so good, you guys. And then what else do we have? A Jill's walking QVC commercial. I love that she's just like, oh, look at this. Look at this. I got this. You can buy this here. Buy this. And it's just way too much. It's way overboard. But I love that they make fun of her for it. It's too good. Uh, what else do we have? I mean, it was oh, the murder mystery intro music. Now, I know a lot of people are upset because Ultimate Girls Trip Season 1, which I'm going to call a flop now looking back on it, because <laughs> I did love watching Season 1. However, who's going to go back and rewatch season one? I'm sorry, raise your hand if you would actually go back and rewatch season one of Ultimate Girls Trip. If you're raising your hand right now, you're lying. You're lying to you, to me, to the whole uh, community of people who are around you, because I don't believe that you'd go back and watch season one because nothing really happened. It was sort of interesting to see those women together, and it was fun to hear the conversations about things like cameo and stuff. 
But this show, this season has layers. This season has layers. Again, I said, how do you know what to focus on? Because everyone's fighting. It's like Vicky and Brandy over here. And then you got uh, Dorinda and Vicky. And they're all just arguing with each other. So many layers. And so I believe you could go back and watch these three episodes and you could find new things to latch on to, to love about it. Uh, so I know a lot of people with season one were upset or, or that uh, people who loved season one were upset that we didn't get the theme song music back because the first season had that like housewives in the island baby theme song. And now uh, this one's very much a murder mystery theme. Like they're playing sort of murdery, scary music. Like that sound effect is basically the theme song. <laughs> That sound, <laughs> and what I think they're really trying to say, like what the network, the Peacock, is trying to tell us, is like, yeah, like somebody might murder someone. Like that's the vibe we're going for here. It's in sort of like a spooky house, a very gorgeous big estate, but that's got a little spookiness to it. It's in the middle of nowhere, uh, in a beautiful area, by the way. I do not say that lightly because I love Bluestone Manor and I love the area, and I do not care for what Vicky said about it in the press. She sort of threw some shade on it. It was not nice, and. I do sort of feel like we're in a place with house decorating in general where people have moved away from decorating their houses. Now, I'm not some big decorator. I mean, who am I? I'm not the Property Brothers. I'm not a Nate Berkus. Is he a house decorator? I'm not a home designer, a home decorator. However, I do feel like we've all moved so far past uh, individual decorating styles, and now everyone's just doing the modern farmhouse look with the shiplap, the fucking shiplap everywhere. And I feel like no one's got any individualistic style. So then when we come to a place like Bluestone Manor, which I believe is impeccably decorated in a very unique way with gorgeous upscale design decor, it's like almost people don't like it because it doesn't look like a shiplap farmhouse. And I just, as a, as a nation, we all need to come back and say, okay, we need to start having individualistic styles. I'm not sure what that means. And I'm reminding that of myself too. And I'm a, a lover of home goods. You know, I don't love anything more than going into home goods. But even at a home goods, you got to get things that speak to you. You can't just go in there and try to decorate your house with a bunch of word art and shiplap and uh, say it looks nice because it's all, everyone's houses are looking the same. I'm looking on social media. I'm like, everyone's house looks, everyone's kitchen looks the fucking same. Everyone's bedrooms looks the same. And again, I'm writing myself for this too as I go and decorate my new place that we moved into a few months back. So the fact that people are throwing shade at Bluestone Manor, which is so uniquely decorated, each room is unique and it's very rich stuff, uh, just upsets me. But we are in sort of like a scary spook. It's got a spookiness to it, right? We've been there for Halloween time or two. We've seen what happens at Bluestone Manor on the Real House of New York. So there's lots happening there. And they're playing the murder mystery theme music to say to us, this is like a, a red herring, if you will. This is a red herring. They're trying to tell us like, hey, somebody could get murdered here. It's, uh, and we're going to try for that to not happen, but it's not. Who's to know? Who's to know? Who's to know what happened? What happens in Bluestone Manor stays in Bluestone Manor. And that's the vibe we're going to. The, the first season of Ultimate Girls, they wanted that sort of island, fun, fresh, and flirty vibe, right? Like they're on a, a tropical getaway. And here it's like, no, we're locking them all in the house. We're turning the gas on and we're lighting some matches. That's what's happening. That's the vibe they were going for. And I see also people complain that they wanted the people to go on a vacation. And I don't want them to go on a vacation. I like them in this secluded area in the middle of the woods. Like that's where I want them, especially this type of cast. Because guess what? If they were on some sort of tropical getaway vacation or some big resort, the women wouldn't have too many places to go. We see that the Beverly Hills women were just at this big resort and they go to Mexico and there was like some groups could be in one area surfing and then some of the other girls could be in town. Like on Ultimate Girls Trip, they're keeping them all together. And I, for one, am loving it. And I've said this before on the show, I think in my interview with Dorinda that, uh, that I put out last week, I want the same cast to, if we are going to go on other vacations, I want this cast to go on vacations together. Maybe we could get rid of Vicky. Although I think like with time, Vicky would be a little bit more enjoyable. She'd be whooping it up a little bit more. She did just get through the breakup. So I want to grant her a little grace, even though I sort of hate Vicky. Uh, I want to grant her a little grace that maybe she would have been more fun if it was in a, a different time. But I want these women to just vacation together, the same cast. I don't want to be throwing in new people in the mix. I think we've got our sweet spot here. So Peacock, we have a template for this. Jersey Shore Family Vacation. It's a show that's still airing on MTV where the cast of Jersey Shore, the original cast members, minus Sammy Sweetheart, and I believe Ron is no longer on the show because he's got his own demons. Uh, but 
They go on different vacations. By the way, I do want Sammy Sweetheart back on Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I know they've tried to get her back, but like, what the fuck? Throw her a bunch of money, MTV. We need her back. However, that show, they throw them on vacations every season, and the cast just gets... They all live in different parts of the country. Polly D's in Vegas. Vinny's in New York. The, some of the other people are in Jersey. Like, let's... Let's get them on vacation, the ultimate girls trip style, where we just have this uh, same cast getting together for different vacations. Why can't we do it? We got the template with Jersey Shore. Follow that template. Uh, follow that template. Because I need these women. Anything else? What else do we? Oh, the coffee readers. So they go to this coffee reader. Wasn't it the same place where they did the Morgan letters? Uh, on ultimate, on ultimate girls trip, they go to this place. It's like a town hall. That's where I believe Sonia Tremont Morgan had the breakdown because Dorinda was touching the Morgan letters. Remember, she's like, don't touch the Morgan letters. And then she almost killed Coco. Remember, she, she picked up the dog, Ramona's dog, and just almost stretched the dog thin, flattened the dog like a pancake on Real House in New York and went nuts and said, don't touch the Morgan letters. So we're at this place and they hire a coffee reader to come in. It's the same coffee reader we had years ago on The Real House of New York. You know, they're bringing all these things back for Ultimate Girls Trip. Now, the coffee reader is reading everyone's fortunes, and it seems like hell. It seems like a nightmare. Any of these people that have to come in contact with this cast, you know, the servers, the waiters, one of the one of the servers or the chef of the event, Brandy was asking if she was a lesbian because she said she's got the lesbian eyebrows. Everyone has a story. And then, and then when they asked Brandy this, said like, what makes a lesbian eyebrow? Brandy's like, well, I could just tell. And I kind of was on board with her. Like, was it a little homophobic? And was it maybe problematic that she was saying she could tell a lesbian by the eyebrows? Certainly was. Was I sort of understanding it in a weird way? Yes, I also was. Okay, so two things could be true. Two things could be true. Uh, so they're not nice to any of these people that are around them, right? Like, this seems like a nightmare to have to serve these people, make them food, read their fortunes and coffee grinds, whatever. And so this woman reads everyone's coffees, and it's a nightmare for her. Vicky's like, take off the fucking mask, you know, baby. <laughs> I can't understand you, you know, and this woman just went through hell. And then they include this little clip where the uh, coffee reader goes to the producers and says something like, God bless you, because how I don't know how you're going to do this. Like, you're on night one or whatever. Like, I don't know how you're going to get through this because this is a nightmare. And I laughed so fucking hard. I mean, I was just laughing this whole time. This whole watch, everything about it was left. Except for the moments where I was crying, again, with Taylor and Eva, and they were having this beautiful moment. I was crying. Uh, we also saw the women go into town and get some weed at the weed shop. One of the things that's interesting to me is that Tamara literally owns a weed company, a CBD company, and I know they have THC-infused products, but they never talk about it on the show, and they almost like edit it around it. I mean, we got like a couple mentions, but I like wonder what that's about, because we never heard about it on Orange County Housewives either, and I feel like they've there's some reason by it. I don't know what it is. Maybe she didn't want to give up portion. You know, sometimes I heard they have this clause in the contract, like the Bethany clause, where if they start a business and then production gets a certain percentage of that business when it happens on the show. So maybe Tamara didn't want to give up percentage, and so they just don't talk about it on the show. But something's going on there, because it's like, I would have thought she would have discussed it more, been like, hey, I have this, what's it called, Vena or Vena or whatever. They would have talked about it, but then it was like, we just moved right past it. Uh, anyway, you guys, that's the first three episodes. We're going to try to dip in each week. We only got, I think, six episodes. So we're going to try to dip in and out. And I know I just sort of uh, steamrolled through a lot of that stuff because it was so much happening. I know I missed a ton of stuff. I missed a ton of stuff. It's, how can I get it all? How can I get it all? Because there's so much happening and there's whole, three whole episodes. And I didn't take notes because I knew I had a lot of thoughts. But if I were to take notes, we would have had eight pages. We would have had 10 pages, 12 pages. We wouldn't have had enough time to get through everything. I'd have been here all night. I had been here all night. And so I had to just give some thoughts. Oh, the rooms too. We got Phaedra's in the fish room. She's in the fish room. And I love when they show the fish room and then they do the flashback to Roni of Luann being like, I'm not staying in the fucking fish room. I'm not staying in the fucking fish room. Luann. <laughs> and the Luann. In the Luann voice. That's also where she woke up and she's like, water, get water. I remember Luann. <laughs> uh, so I love that they do the flashbacks. I just love it. I love it. And also it's got this like cozy, weird fall vibe because again, I know it's like spooky season where they, when they film there and what's happening, but 
I'm loving that it's like sort of basic fall vibes because you know I'm very I'm very basic when it comes to just like pumpkin spice latte fall season. I love my pumpkin stuff. Like I will buy pumpkin flavored everything. I miss we're having extreme heat here in Los Angeles right now and I'm just missing I'm missing the fall season. I'm ready to put up some pumpkins, I'm ready to watch some hocus pocus cozy under a blanket. And then I'm ready to put up my Christmas decor. And whenever we go through tough times, you know, I mentioned earlier in this episode, we're going through some tough times as a nation. And it's very upsetting. And I tend to retreat. And I was retreating this past weekend to uh, it's Christmas. I was just like, okay, let me get my mind straight. Because what happens whenever I, I, I go back into nostalgia, I go back into a peaceful place, and I just tend to revert to my childhood, which is something I need to discuss with my therapist. But uh, so whenever I feel like chaos is going on around me, it's like I either escape to movies from like the late 80s, early 90s. You know, early on in the pandemic, I was watching like fucking Karate Kid and Splash and The Lion King and just like all these movies from my youth. And now I'm finding this past weekend, it was like, oh, got to put on the Christmas movies. Like, let's put on the family stone. And it's like, that's, I don't know what to say that about me, but... Uh, I'll, I'll bring it up to my therapist later this week. Okay. I love you all. We need to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about the real houses of Atlanta because we got to talk about that too. It's a great episode. So I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I just posted a new bonus episode on the Patreon page where I'm recapping sex in the city from the beginning. Uh, it's patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to those. I just do one a month. And more importantly, the money helps to support this podcast. So thank you to all for supporting. Also, if you want to support me, a great way to do that is to buy my book, How Do I Unremember This? Wherever books are sold. It's a great way to support me and the podcast. And I thank all of you for, for picking it up. I also want to thank Acast and we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Ready to talk about the real house size of Atlanta? I uh, I didn't have a new Atlanta clip on the soundboard because I wasn't able to get one off the internet. Uh, you know, the internet can be tough sometimes. i got to be honest. It's on the internet. Oh, the internet! The internet says a unicorn showing up! I had found a clip. I had found a clip on the internet where the unicorns show up and, uh, it wasn't letting me transfer to audio. So I didn't have long story short, I didn't have it. So I had to play Kim singing, which is honestly something that we should play every week anyway. I know when you have your headphones and that sound can be very jarring. And I know some people tell me they watch, they listen to my show and they're going to sleep or trying to relax in bed. And I get that. Uh, so I apologize to those people who are trying to go to sleep and I just play Kim singing. Okay. We got to uh, talk about this week. We open on Kenya and Brooklyn. Ugh, I love Brooklyn. She's just learned in school how to do the days of the week. And Kenya's like, okay, what are the days of the week? And Brooklyn's like, I'm eating. And I loved her. I loved her. Make her a housewife. Give her a peach. I'd like Brooklyn to have a peach. Wouldn't it be really funny if we just had, you know, we have the opening credits and we have the gals just like doing their twirl with their peaches, saying their taglines. Wouldn't it be so funny to just like throw in Brooklyn one of these days? Like just give Brooklyn a peach and not even explain it. Like that would be so cute and funny. 
wouldn't it? I'm surprised we haven't done like a Mother's Day episode of it, one of these Housewives franchises and put in the kids and had the kids do a, a, a twirl and a peach and just say a tagline. Like, wouldn't that be a fun way to spice things up? You know how sometimes on the franchises, remember, I think New York Housewives, when they did the shit they should have shown episode and they do new taglines for that episode and the opening credits, like we should do that with the kids. And nowadays on the Housewives, I don't even think they have the family in the background of their shots anymore. Like We just see the women. We just see the gals. Uh, but I would like Brooklyn to get a peach is what I'm trying to say. Uh, then we see uh, Drew. We cut to her with her instructor, Justin. They're doing Drop It With Drew. You guys, so much going on with Drop It With Drew. Where do we even begin? I mean, this Drop It With Drew, you guys. So first of all, she's having a big Drop It With Drew program thing with all the gals. She's inviting them all there. She made them all come to the event and then get on a fucking scale on camera. I'm sorry, but if somebody asked me to get weighed on camera, there'd be no way. I don't care if I'm doing it for the Real Housewives or if I was like a UFC fighter or a boxer, you know, so they have to do those big public weigh-ins. No, ma'am. Not interested. Don't make me publicly weigh. I don't even like to get on the scale in front of the doctor at the doctor's office. I hate when they make you do that. I empty out my pockets. I take off everything I can. Like, can I take off my clothes and get on there? Like, I don't want to get on and... Uh, you know, a heavy pair of shorts and a tank top. Like I got to get on there naked because I got to utilize every pound I can. Uh, but then you have to do it in front of the doctors and nurses and stuff like that. It's like, I'm not even interested in that, let alone doing it on camera for the whole world to see on Bravo, on the Bravo TV. At the very least, they should say, you know, when they get on the scale, like when Candy or Drew or whoever got on the scale, what they should have done instead of saying the number to protect these people. Not that anyone should be embarrassed about their weight, but I just think it's rude. And so I think what they should have done is said, for more information on Candy's weight, go to bravotv.com. Could have driven traffic to the website, and then it would have made it a little bit more difficult, but instead they did a close-up on the scale. And I did they even put up a graphic? I thought they put out a graphic. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'd be so fucking pissed at the producers, at the editors. Like, do you really need that footage? Like, do you really need that? And by the way, when I would have gotten there, I would have just said, no, I'm not stepping on that scale. You move the camera. I would have said, turn the camera around, and maybe I'll do it. Let alone the camera zoomed right in on the number. It's so fucking rude. So fucking rude. Again, there's no problem at any weight. I support people at any weight. I'm just saying that's a personal information. Much like an age. A lady never reveals her age. You know, never should. Um, and by lady, I mean me. By the way, I'm not referring to women in general. I'm just referring to myself. I don't like to reveal my age. Okay, don't ask me. I quite frankly feel like with the pandemic, we all should rewind our ages a couple years. We lost a couple years. It's not fair. So I'm 30 now. So just rewind. That's the age I'm saying. So it is what it is. Uh, okay, then we have, uh, we'll get back to the drop of Drew stuff because so much happened at that event. But Sonia, she says her husband's been traveling. She doesn't want another kid. He does want another kid. This whole thing was so upsetting to me. Not only was it upsetting to see her sit down with the husband who was saying he wants another kid. He might resent her. He said he might resent her if they don't have another child. Oh, you guys, I was so fucking pissed when he said that. I mean, what if she resents you? What? I mean, and then later in the episode when Sonia brought that up to uh, Drew, they were finally connecting and having a conversation. Drew's like, how's the husband? And she's like, well, he wants another kid. What do you think I should do? I don't want another kid. And Drew's like, oh, you need to just do it for him. I'm like, Drew, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I felt like Brandy Glanville on Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm like, Drew, shut the fuck up. And God bless Drew. I don't mean to tell someone to shut the fuck up, but I'm just saying in that moment, she should shut the fuck up because it was not okay to just say, oh, do it for the, like, just to please the husband. And I was just like, okay, this is, it's just sick. Like, what about the, what about Sonia's feelings? What about what she wants to do with her body and her her children and her having child? Child, her having child? That didn't make any sense. But what about her thoughts and feelings and opinions? It's like, oh, just do it because the man wants it. Like, fuck that. I'm so fucking over that. Anyway, what were we talking Oh, Sheree. Should we talk about Sheree and Marlo in that infrared workout, which is really just a sauna? They were acting like they were going to work out because the person who ran the thing was like, oh, yeah, it's like a workout. And it was just an infrared sauna. And I know you do sweat and you burn some calories that way, so God bless. But they were there, and Candy didn't want to get in. Candy had another vent to go to. So they had this whole talk through a sauna. And it was so funny to me because having a pretty serious conversation, Candy very rarely cries or yells on this show. When she does, she does it well, and she gets her point across. And then that's when all the other other gals realize, like, don't fuck with Candy. Because when she yells and she gets upset... She's not one to mess with. 
And so here it's happening through an infrared sauna. And I loved that because it was just so, such an interesting juxtaposition. Now, Sheree's mad at Candy because she's like, we were always part of the smalls together. And now you're never there for me. She's like, we always holidayed together. And then Marlo says she feels like Candy's not there for her. And they've been so mean to Candy. Last week or two weeks ago, remember, they were at Sonia's event and they were talking all that shit about Candy, saying she pays for everyone, all this like really mean stuff. And then I'm thinking, like, you obviously, it, it feels mean. I don't know. Marlo and Sheree were feeling mean girl in me. I don't know. I was getting mean girl vibes from the two of them because they were so mean. And then now they're saying, oh, we just want you to be there for us. And it's like, Candy's like, I got a lot going on. I'm filming a show where I got a bunch of sex scenes. Got to give sex to a bunch of people on camera. And that must be exhausting. She's got to fly to LA and come back. She's got 100 businesses. She's got a Broadway show. She's got to get her vibrating panty line off the ground. I mean... Oh, by the way, they were talking about the vibrating panties at the candle making thing. Woo! Loved it. Loved it. Anyway, they yell and they sort of make up, but Candy leaves that sauna event being like, okay, fuck these two. Like, that's the vibe she was giving me. So then uh, we have Sheree with the She by Sheree. We see a little bit more of that. Like, she's wearing a jogger shirt and she's on the phone with someone and there's fabric everywhere and every th- every piece that's around her looks like a different kind of line because i think at one point it was supposed to be dresses and then it was workout gear now she's got a new business manager but i don't really trust this business manager because of this fact the business manager was facetime and from the car now there's no way that that business manager didn't know that she was going to be on camera they have to get clearance and all that kind of stuff so wouldn't you think that woman would have been in an office or or even just not driving really just parked, like just not driving when you're having this business meeting on camera. And I'm not very optimistic about this woman. And forgive me, I hate to judge someone so quickly, but she was in the car on FaceTime. And I thought you would have gotten the production schedule. You knew we were being filmed. That just doesn't happen. They know when they're being filmed. So at least be stationary when you're going to go through the business stuff. And then again, I just worry because she by Sheree's got all this fabric. I was like, what the fuck? You, all these years and no one was able to get like one product off the ground. And by the way, here's the thing I want to say. I went to the website, the She Buys Shrey website, because when they went to the drop it with Drew, she had the yoga mat, she had the, the water bottle, she had the t-shirt. So I thought in my head, okay, she's got this She Buys Shrey merch, which feels very much more like merch than it does a product line. Do you get what I mean? Like these are products that you get at like a giveaway, right? Like a water bottle. It looked like very generic water bottle that said she by Sheree. So I assumed that when she's showing that on camera, which this was filmed probably three, maybe even longer months ago, I would have assumed that when I went to she by Sheree, which as of this recording, you know, I record a couple of days. So maybe by now, uh, premiere night, she was able to get this stuff off the ground. But two days before this episode aired, I went to the website and I looked at that. She's got to have at least a water bottle, a yoga mat, and a t-shirt available for me to buy because she just showed it on camera, which she filmed months ago and said it was a prototype. So I would assume that that bare minimum would be available. Again, I know if she buys Sheree is supposed to be a product line, I know that takes a lot of time, but these were merch items that you can order from any retailer, just slap the name, the logo on it and sell it because you're showing it on TV. That seems like the very bare bones, basic business decision, right? And yet I went to She by Sheree and there's, you can't buy a single thing. There was no shopping cart even available for me. Couldn't buy a single thing on the website. And I was like, Sheree, I would love to come support you and buy a water bottle or a yoga mat that says She by Sheree, but you can't even get that. So Sheree, I'm just asking you to at least, okay, I can understand. Maybe we do the product line later. Maybe we do the upscale She by Sheree stuff later. But right now, can we just get a water bottle with the logo on it? That's it. Just let me buy it. I want to support. I want to get you uh, the money. I want to support She by Sheree. Anyway, then we cut to the archive. And Marlo is with the NetFuse. And she talks about the sister. They have an older sister who's 27, lives in another state. Now, this stuff is so compelling. And they have an issue that I think it was in the coming attractions for next week. She kicks the kids out of the house. Uh, it makes me so sad. I just, I want the best for that whole family. I do. Then we cut to Candy and Kenya at the candle making, which is really my speed. I've never seen this on, have they done this on Housewives before? I'm not sure. But Monietta, is it Monette or Monietta? Monietta? I hope I'm saying that right. Please forgive me. But she arrives. She's Candy's friend. 
Which, you know, when they say friend, it's like sometimes they're not really friends. So I'm not sure. But Candy went to her wedding, so maybe it's more of a an actual friend. She's a newlywed. She's a writer. She has kids with Neo. We met her before at that other tea party event. Now, Kenya sell, tells Candy that Marla complained about the used clothes donation. Remember, she was pissed that Candy tried to donate some used clothes. And Candy's not taking this well. Now, this is a fight that's been brewing between Marlo and Candy, and Kenya's getting in the middle of it, which we know later in the episode is not a good thing because it just leads to Kenya and Marlo fighting even more. But I'm loving this candle-making thing. I'm loving that they're arguing about the vibrating panties because Kenya tells Monette, she says, look, would you have had a problem wearing vibrating panties at a Broadway show and allowing someone else's husbands to vibrate them? And Moniette's like, well, I don't have a problem with the vibrating panties, but if somebody else had the remote control, somebody's husband was vibrating my panties. And then this is when they all start yelling. Again, in the middle of a very nice, quiet candle-making shop, uh, Kenya's shouting, you had your husband buzzing my pussy all night. You had your husband buzzing my pussy all night. And again, they're all just trying to make the candles, and the other women are just looking around. And what I would give to be making a candle and witnessing a scene from the real house of Atlanta play out in front of me. I mean, those people got a free show and it was fantastic. That's what was happening in the middle of the candle making shop. Uh, they eventually make up candy and Kenya are able to move on really quickly. Uh, candy does make the candle and says the name of the candle is candy's pussy. Now Gwyneth Paltrow is shook because we know that Gwyneth Paltrow has got the candle that says this candle smells like my vagina. And then remember she did the, she did the, um, candle, didn't she do a crossover with the Kardashian, with Courtney Kardashian? They made another Poosh candle or Poo? What's, um, Courtney's? Why can't I think of Courtney's business name? Poosh? Poof? Poo? Poof? I don't know. Poosh. It's Poosh, right? My boyfriend, Matt, he's been watching Kardashian from the beginning. You know, I try to get him to watch Housewives. Can't even get him to watch Housewives, but yet here he is. Suddenly he decided to binge the Kardashians, keeping up the Kardashians. And so every time I, I want to watch something, he's like, oh, I'm watching Kardashians. He's never even been in really much into reality TV. I don't know what hooked him, but suddenly he's watching it from the beginning. And he comes up to me and tells me stuff that happened. He's like, oh, uh, you know, Courtney and Scott just had a kid. I'm like, that happened years ago. You need to keep up. You know, you need to keep up. So I do know that I, I keep up pretty good with the Kardashians. I've been watching the new series on Hulu, too, which just ended. It felt like short, didn't it? I, why did we only get so like eight? Was it eight episodes or something? It felt like we didn't get enough episodes. I was like, "Give me more." Anyway, uh, Candy's got the new candle, and Gwyneth Paltrow shook, and so is Courtney. So is Courtney because I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to compete with Candy. Candy Burrs knows how to get in her bag, and she wouldn't want to. Uh, she's going to sell that candle if she comes out with that candle, guaranteed. So then we cut to drop it with Drew's event. She's having a biggest winter event where she's having some of the people look now. This whole facility used to be something else, like three days ago, and then now it's the Drop It With Drew facility. She got a bunch of stuff at FedEx. The whole business makes more sense because we find out that she is just the face of it now. It was someone else's company. It was called a 21-day a twenty-one day program. Now, I don't think that was a great name. Does anyone else have a problem with that? I'm not saying Drop It With Drew is that great of a name. But how did this woman have a company called 21 Day Program for five years? Because that's not, it's just not even a name. That's more of a descriptor. I feel like it should have been called, it should be called something and then it should be colon and the subtitle of the company name should be 21 Day Program. And now Drop It With Drew doesn't seem like a great program name either because if I was someone who didn't watch House, I'd be like, who the fuck is Drew? Right? Like, <laughs> that doesn't seem very good name either. I feel like we need to workshop this. But it's all seeming like a scam, and then we finally learn that it was like, oh no, Drew just added her name and face to this, and it's now here it is. Now here it is. Now Candy has to leave the event early because somebody is going on her property. Some crazy person who said they're related to Beyonce. We saw the footage. Of this man was trying to get in, and that was scary to me. Candy had the kids home, so I don't appreciate this. People need to just stay a distance from Candy. I mean, it was just making me sad. She's got young kids at home. Not okay. Not okay. Uh, and then Todd, yeah, that's when they all leave. Todd gets the phone call. Uh, Marlo says she doesn't work out. She gets lipo. And then she said, isn't that what Drew does? Ugh, you guys. And then Trey, they were all throwing shade. And this is where it gets mean girl to me, where Sheree said in her confessional that Drew looks like a busted can of biscuits. <laughs> I hate to laugh. I hate to laugh. But it's very body shamey. 
And yes, is it also a little like the Okay, here's the problem. Because it is really funny. It's a very funny turn of phrase, a busted can of biscuits. Because we all know what that visual is, right? I can picture a busted can of biscuits, right? You get the Billsbury biscuit roll dough, and you can picture what a busted can looks like. And so the visual is funny. But the fact that we're applying that visual to another human being, a woman, is not okay. That's where I kind of feel like, okay, we're getting mean girl territory, Sheree. So is it funny? I wish, I don't know. I don't know. And I was mean, but also a little funny. And I don't want to be laughing in that kind of way, right? Just maybe it was like a step too far. I would maybe laugh more if it was like Sheree saying, not that she does, but like if I was talking, I'd say, I look like a busted can of biscuits. Like put the, if I was saying that as a joke, I'd rather put it on me than somebody else. Do you get what I mean? You guys get what I mean? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, Kenya arrives late to cheerlead, and this is when they all talk about the business partner. They talk to the business partner. They change the name of the company before Drew even lost a pound. And then Drew even said she's been waiting for She by Sheree. And it was like, well, Sheree's coming up with this whole product line. So I didn't like how Drew is shading She by Sheree. You know, we can shade, we can shade She by Sheree, but I don't like when other women do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Sheree's our family. <laughs> Sheree's been with us longer than Drew. So Sheree is family to us. So I don't want other people shading her. It's like, we can laugh at the She by Sheree thing, but I don't like it. Now, if somebody who is like Candy, who's been on the show longer, I feel more comfortable with her doing that. Or Kenya has been on the show long, but Drew, I feel like, okay, we're getting to know you. You're on your second season. You know, I don't know. And then Marlo and Kenya get in this fight and this is getting pretty nasty too, because uh, Marlo's just shouting at Kenya, let's talk about Mark or your fake booty. And then did you get your lip to, lips done, learn how to keep a man. And then Kenya's like, you don't have a man. And it's like, we're putting all of this uh, importance on having a man. And I don't love that. And sometimes this happens on Potomac too. Remember that every time they fight with Giselle, they're like, you can't keep a man. And it's like, I don't know who wants to keep a man these days. Ladies, am I right? I mean, get rid of them. <laughs> I love you, Matt. He's not here, but I, I love Matt, but I'm just saying, you know, that this is the summer of getting rid of the men, not keeping the men. I mean, this is it. Let's drop the dead weight, ladies. I love him. I'm not dropping him, but I'm just saying, if you got a bad man, drop the dead weight. We shouldn't just want a man in general. We should want a good man. And so this idea of like, just, oh, you should get a man. You should keep a man. Like, why would she want to keep Mark? Mark was an asshole. So she sh- we should be applauding Kenya for getting rid of Mark. Instead, Marlo's like, you can't even keep Mark. It's like, who the fuck would want to keep Mark? She lost the dead weight. Good for her. We should be applauding that. Uh, and then they sort of get in each other's faces, but it all ends in it. Uh, meanwhile, there were people in the corner just eating the meal samples and laughing. They were getting a free show. Now, Marlo says she doesn't go after moms or kids or men. And then they show a montage of her going after moms and kids and men. <laughs> that made me laugh. 
Uh, okay, so what else happens? Uh, Candy's at her house with the police. They show that man. Sonya's, this is when she talks to Drew, and Drew says that thing about keeping a man. Oh, so backwards. Next week on the show, we get Sheree at a pajama party sleepover with Lisa Wu arrives. I was so excited to see Lisa Wu. I missed her, and I'm excited to just catch up with her. And it seems like she's at a big event. You know, sometimes when they bring back old housewives, they're at some, like, little event. Or, or, I'm sorry, they're at some big event with, like, so many people around. And this feels like, oh, we might actually get to catch up with Lisa Wu. So I'm really excited about that. And then Marlo kicks the boys out of the house. I'm upset about that. I don't know. Lots going on. But I was doing my research during this episode because I was going to SheBuyCharade.com. I was trying to order some stuff. And I was pissed that I couldn't order. So Sheree, let me order something. I mean, the internet... The internet. It's on the internet. Oh, the internet. The internet says a unicorn is showing up. <laughs> the internet says a unicorn is showing up. There's a unicorn. There's unicorns showing up. Internet set up. <laughs> oh, I love it. Go watch Ultimate Girls from Watch it again. I might watch it again right now. I'm going to watch it again right now. Shall we do our cheese little cool down? Because we all need it. We all need it. Ladies, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, to all the women out there, I just want to send you my love. I mean, I am devastated over this news. Uh, what's going on in this country? It's disgusting that this was overturned, and I am just sending all of my love to you. I'm pissed. We're all. I mean, I think it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I just want you to know that I'm here, and I love you, and I'm sending all my love your way. And... Uh, Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Sending all of my love your way. Have a a great week. Try to find the laughs and the smiles where you can get them. And try to relax when you can. Uh, And I love you. I I don't know what else to say. I wish I had better words. I need more words. Anyway, love you. Bye-bye.